0: It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. Brand new month, Women's History Month. And I'm so excited about our guest today because I think she personifies what the month Means. And so to that end, we welcome today Sanja Steele. She is the commissioner of the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference and she is my first guest for Women's History Month. Welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you for having me.
0: Commissioner. Yes you are on the list with Dion. I saw it. You are on the list. So Sports Illustrated put out a list, the most influential black figures in college football, and you were on that list. On list. What was your reaction?
1: I was... <laughs> I was truly taken aback it, it, it was awesome it was awesome the actually the uh, Richard Johnson who uh, wrote the article um, texted to me he's like hey I, I put you all on the uh, the list and I was like what is he talking about? I looked at it like I said oh <laughs> so, it is very impressive. Yeah. So I, I am truly, truly honored just to be among all those people who are listed. Um, it's just truly amazing. And then the, the fact that they're recognizing, you know, what um, myself and the other three HBCU commissioners are, are trying to do. So, yeah.
0: so let's go back. Yeah. What is the MEAC?
1: What is, huh? The MEAC is a Division I HBCU conference Um, with uh, eight members, the Elite Eight, which I call them. <laughs> we have 13 sports. Um, and we have our, our eight member institutions run from Delaware all the way down to South Carolina State. So you want me to tell
0: you all the institutions? No, involved? I believe you probably know them. Okay. I, I, I won't <laughs> test you on that. Um, and you, you mentioned about four commissioners, HBCUs. Mm-hmm. What is the HBCU Collective? What is that all about?
1: So basically what we wanted to do was, you know, we, we met um through other things like with our partnership with the NFL so we met on a regular basis but we wanted to actually come together so that we can further the HBCU culture take back the HBCU name you know from those people who you know when due to the the death of um George Floyd you know um everybody's been on that HBCU train, right? Yes. And so everybody has been profiting from the HBCUs instead of the HBCUs profiting from it. And so what we wanted to do was have a way of funneling those types of third-party promoters who go to directly to the NCAA and say, we're going to put on this classic. And then they go through the approval process. And then we're looking like after the fact, um, And the money that they're getting doesn't necessarily trickle down to the conferences, obviously, because they skipped us, and then to the institutions as well. So we want to make sure that we take some type of control back um, and that they know that they can't shop around between the different conferences, um, that whatever the rate that you do for one conference is going to be the rate no matter where you go. And just more organization of what we want to do to further the culture.
0: Is that a considerable amount of money that they were this third party is is getting?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. When you look at the they're going after corporate partners, uh, corporate America and they're corporate America is buying into it um, and saying because got, then
0: they get to say, oh, oh I did I this for an HBCU. HBCU yeah. Right. And they
1: want to give to HBCUs, but they're they're not coming to the source. You know, if you come to the conference office, you can um, give revenue to eight member institutions or 12 institutions, depending on what conference, instead of hitting one here, one there, or it's going to this one person who's going to put on this big event where the money is going to them. And, you know, the institutions may get a small amount of that. And so it's like using the HBCU name in order to gain revenue, but we're still struggling.
0: Still struggling. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the Fab Five. I have some nieces and nephews (laughs) and we call them the Fab Five, but I think you have a different Fab Five.
1: have. Oh, my gosh. It is tremendous when you have five female athletic directors, four of which run football programs. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, The forethought of our presidents and chancellors, you know, awesome. They are so awesome. They're so progressive. But them to be able to give women the opportunity, you know, we have the talent, you know, we have the skill set and the experience, but given the opportunity to lead these programs is amazing. And it's a step in the right direction. Uh, direction, especially, you know, as we're leaving the 50th anniversary of Title IX, you know, and, and having this this number of women is incredible. You got your first female African-American um, running the MEAC, and then behind her, all these first five women. And then uh, pretty soon we're going to have uh, the chair of our, Council of Presidents and Chancellors will be led by women. Our executive board within our Delegate Assembly, which is made up of our athletic directors, senior women administrators, and our faculty athletic representatives are all women.
0: So let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Our male coaches, male athletic directors, are they looking around saying, what's up with all these women? I, I don't want to work for a woman. Are they, is there any pushback, any attitude?
1: I haven't seen any, any pushback. Um, The the good thing about this is you have women who can hold their own. You know, they, they understand the business. Um, So I don't, I have not seen any pushback, not within our conference. Um, We do have those who you know still what else they meant mansplain stuff <laughs> right right and it's like you know i do no more than you do but anyways <laughs> but <laughs> you know stop telling me I, I know um so you still have a little bit of that going just on. a little bit just um, a little bit okay and then you know I, i've heard the stories where um they would walk up with their their male, um, say assistant AD, and they an individual address the assistant AD instead of the actual athletic director. It's like, wait a minute, hey, I, I'm the one, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's still some some room that needs to be made, uh, in regards to women leading. Um, but I will get there.
0: January of 2022, you became the commissioner. Yes, ma'am. What were some of your goals and how are they going?
1: So my goals, my vision for the conference is, um, we got to tell our story. You know, we have to do it visually, graphically. And so, um, Part of that was uh, we built a studio here in the office.
0: Podcasting. We, we mm-hmm. did podcasting.
1: Mm-hmm. We've um, done our countdown to kick off um, football pregame show um, that we had streamed on ESPN+. Plus. Um, we have for our first time um, broadcast our men's and women's tennis championship for in our history, which is tremendous for, you know, our, our majority of our students are international and for their fans and families to be able to see them is awesome. So that continually finding those ways to put us on a national platform has been tremendous for us. Um, one is bringing everybody together. So the MEAC Nation Association. okay is um, like an alumni association to bring everybody under the same umbrella and then have a way to reach out to Hampton, A&T, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman, because they still were a part of the MEAC family. Their fans and their student athletes will say, well, I was a, a MEAC They
0: student. will say that, yeah.
1: Right. So yeah. here's a place for you all to um, come together, a homecoming, because, you know, every time HBCUs get together, no matter what school you went to, we're all one big family. So it's a homecoming together. But another way to raise money for our eight-member institutions. Um, and then recently we created the MEAC Foundation. And the MEAC Foundation is a, a pot of money that we want um, to help the institutions to either improve facilities, add scholarships, um, salaries, or help with the um, recommendations that have come out of the NCA Transformation Committee, um, where you need full-time uh, mental health professional and that type of thing. So have those funds available for them. And then the other piece to that is championship access. We want to be able to bring back men's and women's golf to the conference championship. Nice. As well as bring back baseball. So currently our baseball teams and our men's and women's golf teams are with the Northeast Conference yes, for yes. the next two years. Mm-hmm. Right. So... With this MEAC Foundation is raising money so that we can bring those sports championships back here, back home, (laughs) and be able to give access. So what we want to do is to be able to have the SWAC has championship access. We want the MEAC to have championship access so we have more HBCU students who have that availability, that opportunity to compete. Um, and so it's important while people want the Miakawack to come together as a super conference. it doesn't make sense. it will limit the the access for our student athletes to participate in nCA championships. We should have two um Opportunities to do that. We should have more, but at least we should not be limiting the number of um, access for our student athletes.
0: I have a mini list I'm going to run down and you just tell me whether it's good for HBCUs or not. Okay. okay? All right. The first are the new transfer rules. Is that a good thing for HBCUs? That's a long pause. <laughs> I,
1: it can be. Um, I think it's so many students who jump in so quickly into the transfer portal and and not really understanding that it's such a pool, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be outside that that transfer portal. Okay, you know they jump so quickly that they don't realize that if you, sorry, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you don't. Mm So, you know, you could get in there, you lose your scholarship once you're in, and then you have nowhere to go. Um, so I think for for us, it, it, we could use it to our advantage because there's going to be more people in the portal um, to choose from. Um, so I think mm, I'm kind of neutral on it right now. Okay. I, I'm in the middle.
0: All right. What about NIL deals? Name and image, <sighs> image likeness.
1: I think it's a bad thing. Because... Um, And and the reason why I say it, it kind of widens the gap between the haves and the have-nots. We can't, for instance, call an alumnus and say, hey, I need $12 million for an NILI collective for all of my students. It's not going to happen. And so while we, you know, they're trying to create these opportunities for the student-athletes to, profit off their name image likeness, and they should. But at this point, because the different states have NLI rules are different, um, and you talk about a conference, you got four states within that conference, is nobody's gonna be on a level playing field. And it's important that we have a federal bill or law that covers everything, everybody. Um, and so we're all on an equal footing. Um, And so we support name, image, and likeness, but there still needs to be some work that needs to be done in order for it to really be effective.
0: What about these conference realignments? Mm. Have they been good for HBCUs (laughs) or is that just muddy in the water?
1: Wow. (laughs) You know, for... Look, the the conference has in its fifty-two years has gone through re- realignment and we'll continue to go through realignment. Um, the MEAC has high research academic institutions and we're kind of known as the HBCU Ivy League type because we have Howard University, Morgan State, high research institutions. Um and so these predominantly white conferences have poached, I won't say poached, but have chosen and looked at um, MEAC institutions that have raised the academic profile of their conferences. Um, Sometimes we think that white is right. I'm going to get more or better at going towards either a, a playing a, a white institution or, or going into a white conference. Um, but HBCUs were born out of opportunities, creating opportunities where opportunities aren't there. We have a rich culture. We are interested in protecting our HBCU culture um, and furthering, we have the same mission when I look at the um, the corporate partnership that we have with ESPN, we have in the SWAC have a great relationship with ESPN. Other FCS conferences want what we have, but ESPN sees the value in what we have as a culture and, and our fans and supporters. So we need as as HBCUs believe in the power that we have. We have the power. When we feel like, you know, they they want us as if we're weak, but they need us mm-hmm. and that's why they're mm-hmm. coming after us. Mm-hmm. You know, before realignment they weren't thinking about HBCUs. And then all of a sudden when their schools are leaving yes. and yes. now as um when talk about football, well, they're looking for an automatic qualification to mm-hmm. into the FCS playoffs. We don't have an AQ. We play for the Celebration Bowl. Yes. Which means we don't need them. We're strong as the Elite Eight. So. And if we believe in our power that we have, we stick together and we're committed as we are, then we're stronger together. They need us. We don't need them. And so our focus should be strengthening the foundation that we have and how we can help our member institutions. So when you talk about revenue, well, it's a smaller amount of people who share a bigger pot of the money. So that's what we need to get in that mindset that we're strong. For, for us as a conference, um, it did hit us because there's a limit of hbcus especially particularly division one institutions that are out there so you know when, when you hear the comments y'all need to go and and get get another institution when are you going to get another institution
0: you hear that all the time right
1: it, it, it it's not like hello come on in you know it doesn't work that way it's it's something that takes time it's it's um a vetting process and it's it's An opportunity for, say, a Division II institution to look at coming into the MEAC.
0: But when you have a Hampton that's been in two, three (laughs) Mm -hmm. conferences, Mm -hmm. is the door open? Do you continue to say, look, the MEAC is here. We are here. You know, we're not going to discuss why you left. (laughs) We're sorry you left, but come on home. Our doors are always
1: open. We've, we've had institutions who have come, have left and come back, you know. And, and so eventually, hopefully they'll come back. If they don't, we're we're fine. You know, um, our, our focus has got to be on what our strategic and long-range plan is. And as we focus on that and our foundation, then if somebody comes, it's great. If they don't, we're still fine. We're still fine as the Elite Eight. Um, but, of course, our doors are always open. As far as our strategic and long-range plan, there's always a plan about adding new members, but it's got to make sense. We're not adding just for numbers. It's got to align with our missions. It's got to align athletically, but most importantly, it has to align academically. Like I said, we have strong academic institutions, and so we don't want to just add somebody because somebody said, hey, you need numbers. Well, crap, it needs to make sense.
0: (laughs) Why do we need the NCAA? Why can't? the CIAA and the SWAC and the MIA, why can't we all get together and figure out a governing body where we are all, all of the HBCUs are all together? Why can't that happen? That could happen somewhere
1: in the future. I, I think it could. Um, at this particular time, I don't think we're ready yet. Um, I think the the revenue from the basketball um, um Final Four, the the basketball championship, that helps us do what we need to do. It helps provide um, revenue for our our institutions to improve or or scholarships and that type of thing. So I don't think we're ready for that yet. Um, Until we get more investment in our HBCUs, and it starts with our alumni support. Um, We lack alumni who actually give back to our institutions. And so once we start getting that support, then, of course, we can jump out on our own. But we have to control the narrative. Like I said, when you talk about these third parties, we can put on those events. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. We can do that. And then we can reap the rewards from that.
0: (laughs) So do you actively look at other teams to try to bring them in? Oh, that's
1: a regular exercise. Absolutely, we have okay. consultants. Okay, all right, <laughs> that come aboard to to um, to review and look at potential members. Okay. and again, it's the same thing. Just making sure that they're going to align with. Our mission, and then, two again, like I was getting ready to say, with the Division Two institutions who want to move up to Division One, we want to make sure that they're going to be sustainable as a Division One member financially because we don't want
0: them to come in and then leave. Because it is a whole lot of money that goes behind that move, correct? It's
1: it's a whole lot of locker
0: rooms, and I mean, you name it, it goes into it, right? Exactly.
1: And then, with the recommendations that's come from the Transformation Committee. You need to make sure that we can meet the standards as they come. And we need to make sure that anybody coming in is going to be able to meet those standards as well.
0: What is We Are Miak?
1: We Are MEAC. We Are MEAC is the brainchild. I have to give the credit to uh, Cecily Tafoya during her first tour. I would say her first tour with the MEAC. Um, when she came in as the director of marketing, um, we did this campaign, We Are MEAC, with our student-athlete advisory committee. And it's to show the diversity of our students. Um, t- together, we are MEAC, whether it's um, LGBTQ, LGBTQ um, plus um, the the different nationalities and races. Um, And so we took that and at her second tour, she's back as the assistant commissioner. Oh, she left and she came back. She came back Mm -hmm. and now she's the assistant commissioner of external affairs. And to bring, we are MIEC as the complete umbrella. So as we celebrate um, Hispanic Latina um, month, As we LGBTQ month. You know, um, all these things, uh, Women's History Month, all that falls under We Are MEAC. We together are all um, a diverse population of student athletes and administrators, coaches, and all that stuff, so...
0: Do you, by any chance, have anything going on March the 8th through the 11th, anything? Just a,
1: just a little thing. We have like a basketball tournament. Okay, tell yes. me about it. Yes, we have a basketball tournament at the Norfolk Scope Arena, uh, March 8th through the 11th. Um, we have our 16 teams, eight men, eight women's teams. We start off on Wednesday uh, all the way to Thursday. We're actually going to kick off on Saturday with our youth clinic at the Crocs Center. And then we're going to have our first BBT Awards. I know! (laughs) I know! (laughs) On Tuesday at the historic Addicts Theater. Um, so, you know, our our, our student athletes are going to dress up. Nice. We're going to give out our conference uh, accolades mm-hmm. there. And have um, we have a comedian, Rod Z, who's come in to host the event. And so we're really excited to be able to to give them that type of atmosphere um, for them. And then we run right on into um, the games and the college fair that we have at the Opera, Harrison Opera House. We have um, a Hall of Fame that's going to be at the Marriott. Um, and, of course, we have parties on Friday, our MEAC Nation all-black party on Friday at the, the Marriott, and then our championship party on Saturday, Saturday. At, the,
0: at the Sheraton. Correct. And so I need you to speak to a particular friend of mine. Called me a couple of weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> Cheryl. Uh, he goes, he went to Virginia Union. Okay. Cheryl. I was going to CIAA, but I don't know about that. And then I was going to go to the MIAC, but you got to buy the tickets online. Oh, folks, we don't do that electronic ticket stuff. We we don't do that. Now, Commissioner, I didn't know how to answer him. I didn't know how to encourage him to keep on. I asked him, well, do you have a grandbaby that could come over to the house and get it for you? So what do you say to those folks out there?
1: Look, we are trying to progress, <laughs> and and a, as you go to these various events now, the, the tickets are electronic, and so we we have to to progress and keep moving. Um, and it's a cost savings for us. But however, you can always go to Ticketmaster or to the uh, Norfolk Scope. To get the printed tickets, if you like, okay,
0: I will let him know (laughs)
1: that you can definitely do that.
0: (laughs) And before we get out of here, I got to ask you, how is Cashmere Bob?
1: Oh my baby, (laughs) my is spoiled. He almost came here today, Um, but Cashmere Bob is doing great. Tell
0: everybody who Cashmere Bob is. Cashmere
1: is my fur baby. Mm -hmm. Um, He is. Oh, he'll be two in May. He's a Papillon, which is and if everybody knows, Papillon is like a lap dog um, with these big ears. And Papillon is um, butterfly in French. So oh, okay. Because of their ears, yeah. He's black and white. He's he is yeah. He's spoiled.
0: Will he be at Miak?
1: I'm trying not to be a diva and bring him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not. So I think he's gonna be with Grandma and Grandpa. Okay, um, where he's again spoiled. Okay, um, but yeah. Thank you for asking. About
0: yeah, Cash. Okay, <laughs> we've been speaking to the Commissioner of the Miac. We're so glad that you took time out for us, Commissioner Stills. We are wishing you the absolute best. We want to go down there, and Norfolk State's gonna bring it home. You can't say that I can. Neutral. <laughs> but it is going to be a great event and we just want everybody listening to just go and have a good time at the MEAC because good time will be had absolutely
1: absolutely I'm looking forward to it so I can't wait to see everybody
0: thank you so much and thank you for being my first guest for Women's History Month I appreciate it thank you for the invitation all right you all thanks for listening and behold the green and gold